The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Uh, Today is Tuesday. Today is Wednesday. It's one of those two days. Uh, I like to call it Tuesday because today is Tuesdays with Tyler. Even if you are listening to this on Wednesday, it's being recorded on Tuesday. Of course, Will Brinson is not here because he hates Tuesdays and he hates Tyler. So why would he show up? Uh, Tyler, how you doing, man? What's going on? How you doing? I think this is the first time it's just been me and you. Well, you know what? It's more comfortable. Feels more homey. Oh, absolutely. And uh, you know, it it's always nice to do an, a one-on-one chat for the first time ever uh on a podcast together. Yeah. I mean, why why what why would we need Will for this? I mean, you know, he he's off doing God knows what. I mean, obviously the behind the scenes drama between me and him is just palpable at this point. We Uh-oh. can't even be on a podcast together. No, I don't know what Will's doing, but he's he's probably Probably doing very important work if I know Will. He has sent me multiple emails this week just saying, I can't be on with Tyler. I can't work with him. We're not on the same page anymore. I don't get that guy. What's up with him? And I was like, I'll do it, Brenton. I will just do it. I will be there. Um, so anyway, Brenton's not here, but we are still going to be talking uh, everything that we normally talk about on a day like this with Tyler. And that is... Uh, let's look at a few games and their betting trends. We're also going to touch on uh, the updated Super Bowl odds, look at the Super Bowl favorites and the MVP favorites. So we have a lot to dive into. Let's get this thing started, Tyler, with uh, let's talk some Bills at Ravens. Buffalo favored by three and a half points. The over under is 51 and a half. What are your thoughts on this game right now? I mean, what's crazy is if you just want to look big picture, first of all, this could be an AFC championship matchup with the way that obviously the Buffalo Bills have been playing minus that game against Miami last week and the way Lamar Jackson is playing. I'm sure we're going to talk about him a little bit later when we're talking MVPs, but you look at the kind of way that both of these teams are set up, they're set up to have long playoff runs. So for me, this is just going to be 
one of those matchups that I know it's super early in the season. I know we're only in week four, but I mean, you're looking at a potential playoff, potential number one seed kind of, you know, factoring into this type of a game. Obviously, you know, the Miami Dolphins are 3-0 and right now. They're at top of the AFC, but we expect both the Bills and the Ravens to be in that conversation. And if all of a sudden these tiebreakers early in the year start to make a, make an impact, that's something that we're going to have to watch here. But for me, I think it's a good bounce back spot for Buffalo. You know, I obviously the, it's always weird whenever these AFC teams or really any of these teams that are from the North go down to the hot weather in the South, in Miami. I've seen it a million times watching the new England Patriots over the years. It's the same thing with Buffalo. It's always weird. Just weird stuff happens when you go down South and it's the same thing across the NFL too. So for me, I think this is a good bounce back spot for them. Obviously, you say bounce back, they're they're a road favorite going into Baltimore. But this is a defense with the Ravens that, you know, it, it's not great. I don't know if it's, you know, if if it's anything to write super, you know, home about, especially against the pass. For me, the Patriots last week, I don't think anybody's looking at them saying that they're like a legitimate juggernaut as a passing offense. I know Mac Jones had a bunch of interceptions, but those were seemingly on him. He had a number of bad throws. I don't know if that was necessarily the Ravens taking advantage or, or creating turnovers. I feel like they just kind of took advantage of Jones's mishaps. I don't know if Josh Allen's going to do that. And I think this is a good bounce back spot for Buffalo here. I don't mind laying the points on the road for them. Yeah. And you did mention uh, in your early odds story, a fun fact that the bills are six, one and one against the spread in their past eight games following a straight-up loss. That is very enticing if you like the Bills. And you know, one thing that you mentioned is that the Dolphins are 3-0, and which makes this feel like a Scooby-Doo game. You know how old man Withers would say, well, I would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for you pesky kids. And the Ravens and Dolphins, or the Ravens and Bills are both thinking, well, we would be undefeated if it wasn't for those pesky Dolphins. Because they both played games that they probably should have won. I mean, Baltimore blew a 21-point lead in... The fourth quarter, the Bills more than doubled the yardage output of the Dolphins. I believe uh, Ben Bowen pointed out a stat that there's only been two teams that have won a game over the past 20 years when they have been outgained by 275 yards or more. One of those games was the Dolphins over the Bills. So uh, this is a fascinating game. And you mentioned the Ravens defense. I think if I'm... Baltimore or from a Ravens fan, that's probably the one thing that scares me right now. The Ravens are giving up 353 yards per game through the air. And to like give you an idea of how crazy that is, there is no other team in the NFL that's even giving up 300 yards a game. So the Ravens are just, everyone's throwing on them. I mean, it's not like they faced Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, and Aaron Rodgers. They have faced Mac Jones, Joe Flacco, and Tua. So it's crazy that everyone's just throwing at will. And now they have Josh Allen coming in, who's the NFL's leading passer. He's the only quarterback who's thrown over a thousand yards. So yeah, I think I'm I'm with you here. And I know that the over-under has been going down. Uh, that's because I think the weather is going to be a factor here. I mean, you look at both of these teams, you would say, okay, especially with Buffalo secondary, maybe still be banged up with losing some safeties, obviously still without Tredavious White. And obviously the issues that we were both just highlighting with the secondary of the Ravens, you'd say, okay, you have two MVP caliber quarterbacks. Why wouldn't this be a bonanza of, of offense? But it looks like there's going to be some sort of weather impacting this. I'm trying to look at it right now. It does say, yeah, I was, I was pulling that up as you were talking and, so basically, there's an 80% chance of rain on Sunday, which, you know, fewer passing yards. 
uh, lower scoring if there's rain, but around 1 p.m. it's supposed to be light rain. So maybe the over-under is something you wait until uh, the radar figures itself out around 10 a.m. Sunday morning. And, and definitely watch the wind, too. I mean, I'm just looking at the weather channel. It's just a, a brief thing, so I don't have an hourly breakdown. But 13-mile-an-hour winds, you know, yeah, it, it might be a little less severe in terms of rain. And for for teams, that you know, especially the Ravens who like to run the football, I don't know if the rain's going to impact them too, too much. The wind, though, will impact the passing game severely. So that, that's just something to kind of keep an eye on there. But... If everything starts to clear up, you know, that is a this, this is a game that has a potential where if it's good weather, you're going north of, of 50 points here for sure. Yeah. And, and the crazy thing is, like we were saying, is that this did, uh, I think, the over under opened 54 and a half. So this is a number that's just been going down, down, down. And all of a sudden there's no rain on Sunday, then boom, you smash it. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get to our next game because it's your boy, Tom Brady, uh, and the Buccaneers hosting the Chiefs, and Kansas City is a two-and-a-half-point favorite, which I would say they're a two-and-a-half-point road favorite, but it might be a two-and-a-half-point neutral field favorite because we don't even know if this game's going to be played in Tampa Bay necessarily. Uh, what are your thoughts here, man? Yeah, this is the interesting you know, aspect to this story because of the hurricane that's coming to – Tamp the Tampa area. I, I believe it's touching down over the next 24, 48 hours. It's kind of going to be the most severe, but we obviously don't know what the damage is going to be in the aftermath of it. The Buccaneers have already evacuated from Tampa. They're practicing down in Miami, although they won't use or reportedly ESPN's reporting that they won't use Hard Rock Stadium as a alternate stadium for them to play this game potentially because the reports indicate that they don't want the NFL does not want to use Florida resources to help facilitate that game if those resources can be used to help the Tampa area so that was kind of the crux of that what they suggested in that report was that the NFL may be looking at the Midwest so you know that is pointing to maybe Minneapolis you're going to U.S. Bank Stadium the home of the Vikings who are obviously in London taking on the New Orleans Saints, so that could be an option for them. And, and that's what's going to be interesting here when we start looking at this spread. You know, yeah, the Buccaneers' defense has been, you know, playing great, and you're, you know, all of a sudden you're, you're, you know, going home, you feel like, okay, you're going to get Mike Evans back. Maybe the health starts to turn elsewhere at the wide receiver position. So maybe this could be kind of a turning of the tide, especially with the Chiefs kind of looking a little bit disjointed offensively against the Indianapolis Colts last week. But now you're starting talking about kind of moving travel plans around. It, 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 it's a little bit concerning here if, if you're trying to get anything with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, and, and even if the game's not moved, the Buccaneers are moving. They have already moved. They shipped their yep. football operations down to South Florida. They are in Miami the rest of the week because the Dolphins don't need their practice facility because the Dolphins will be in Cincinnati for a Thursday game. Uh, and that's not easy because that's like a little mini road trip. You have to take in the middle of the week. And then if the game is in Tampa Bay, you have to fly back to Tampa uh, and play that Sunday. And, and you know, we heard Tom Brady talk about on his podcast Monday night, just that, hey, we can't use this as an excuse, uh, but it's definitely a hurdle that the team will have to overcome. And one reason the NFL has not announced whether this game will be moved is because the forecast for Sunday in Tampa Bay is sunny and perfect. The problem is that you don't know if the, if the hurricane is going to damage uh, the city, cause major damage around Tampa. And if that happens, then you have to think about relocating the game. And like Tyler said, hurricane supposed to make landfall late Wednesday or Thursday. And so 
I would think the NFL will finalize the location by Friday. But yeah, I think this is an interesting game just because the Chiefs, uh, the last game, this, the, the Colts game, it just felt like they gave it away. They made so many dumb mistakes, especially on special teams. And it's just errors you don't expect from an Andy Reid team. Uh, you don't expect to see the Chiefs make because they've been so good for so long. They don't make a bunch of dumb mistakes in games. And so I don't know how I feel, but with the Bucks doing all this traveling, I, I just I feel like I got to give the edge to Kansas City here. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you there too. Again, you know, I'm looking at it at Caesars now. The Chiefs are minus two and a half. The over under forty five. That's going to see movement once we get clarity of what where this game is going to take place. Obviously, you know, if all of a sudden, like we're saying, it does go back to Raymond James Stadium and everything's fine, then you know maybe that moves more towards a, a pick'em or maybe you know is it is it one and a half? Is it one point? For, for, you know, you're laying for Kansas City there. That remains to be seen. But, yeah, like, you know, we still have to figure out what that's going to look like. But it does come down to the wide receivers for me. If we're just strictly talking about the matchup, it looked like in that game, yeah, Kansas City made a ton of, you know, mistakes, and they kind of, you know, really lost that game on themselves against Indianapolis. But that was one of the instances where it really felt like they were missing Tyreek Hill, or at least somebody other than Travis Kelsey that Patrick Mahomes has a rapport with. It, it still feels like he's trying to figure things out with Juju Smith-Schuster, Sky Moore, all those new faces, MBS, and it just feels a little disjointed offensively. They don't really know what they want to do in the passing game. And the same thing can be said, obviously, for Tampa Bay. Yes, there are weapons there that Tom Brady's familiar with. The problem is they're not on the field. Mike Evans is suspended. He's coming back, so that's good. We still don't know about Chris Godwin they're trying to get in Cole Beasley off the street to kind of build in some rapport. So for me, that's the biggest question there. I think both of these defenses are capable of combating each other pretty well. And, you know, not necessarily a wash, because I think I would still give it to Tampa Bay, the edge there in terms of defense. But I just don't know what the offense for Tampa Bay around Tom Brady is going to look like, which makes me lean more towards Kansas City figuring things out offensively. Tyler, whoever thought we would have a conversation about a game involving Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady, and we don't trust the offenses. It's What's the same going thing on last, here? It's the same thing last week. I mean, it was Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. It's 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 Armageddon. I don't know. I don't know what's happening between these guys. You and know, this offensive dud last week. This should be a awesome matchup, but for unfortunate reasons, not even from the from the Hurricane. It's more just. The Kansas City Chiefs offense at the at the skill positions not clicking as quickly as we want to, and obviously the health of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receivers not being where we want it right now. That's getting in the way of what this could be a, a high flying affair, even with those defenses. But I, I think because of all the moving around, because of the issues on both sides, I, I do wonder if the under at forty five. I, I, again, a Patrick Mahomes Tom Brady game at forty five feels like it's an automatic over, but. I almost feel like the circumstances suggest us going down uh, under here at 45. Yeah, especially after watching the Brady and Rodgers game just get 26 points. And uh, Mahomes is coming off a game where the Chiefs and Colts only totaled 37 points. So, uh, yeah, if you don't trust these offenses, that does seem like the smarter play. And I'll tell you this, both of these teams just came off of a loss, so it's a trend worth noting. It's the under for the Chiefs, 6-2 and two in their last games following a straight-up loss. The Buccaneers, the under is 5-1 and one in their last six games following a straight-up loss. Oh, actually, excuse me, it's 7-0 and oh in their last seven games following a straight-up loss. So the under trends favorably here, but with both of these teams coming off a loss. 
go under. Um, and also, you noted uh, that the Buccaneers are 8-2 and two against the spread in their last 10 games following a straight-up loss. So another wrinkle to consider because you don't see Tom Brady lose consecutive games too often. Um, Tyler, this brings us to my favorite game of the week and maybe in football history. And it will be one we'll be talking about for ages because there are going to be white tiger helmets on the field in Cincinnati on Thursday night. And I'm already excited. And it's the Bengals. It's the Dolphins. Dolphins are three and a half point underdogs. One of the two undefeated teams in the NFL. And they are a three and a half point dog on the road. How do you feel about this game? Yeah, I love the Dolphins in this spot. I know that, I know that probably breaks your heart, but... And I love the white Tiger uniforms. I think it's awesome. But this is an interesting spot here for Miami. I almost want to jump on this now because I feel like Tua Tungavello is going to play in this game. I don't know if there's going to be any sort of you know, concussion or any other sort of injury that kind of derails him from playing in this game. But even if it does, I just don't know if a Mike McDaniel-led offense is particularly prone to turnovers. I feel like he's kind of has a pretty buttoned-up offense in terms of not giving the ball away to the opposition. And that was basically what helped springboard Cincinnati to that blowout win last week. I think it was four turnovers that they were able to kind of take advantage of there. So if all of a sudden you're talking about a 3-0 and Dolphins team with a healthy Tua, I would love to take that field goal with the hook going into, a, again, a hostile environment in Cincinnati on a short week. You know, I, I just feel like this might be a good spot for them to kind of maybe not necessarily pull out the win, but definitely keep this thing close. Yeah, it does feel like it will be a close game, uh, even as the most ardent Bengals homer. I will be willing to admit that. The one thing that I think worries me if about taking the Dolphins and why I'm eventually going to pick the Bengals, as we all know, um, is just that the Dolphins' defense has been so bad. They have been like, the bend but don't break except they are bending to the point where it is almost dangerous and then somehow not break him and we saw him give up 497 yards to the bills they are giving up 413 yards per game uh second most in the nfl you can't live on the edge the whole season and not have it come back and bite you that i think that's my thing especially when you're playing uh teams that have good offenses like uh you know you fall on 21 against the Ravens. You somehow pulled it out against Lamar Jackson. Fine. Uh, you somehow pulled it out against the Bills, even though they doubled your yardage total. That just that type that style of play catches up to you. And yeah. so uh, you know, maybe it will be a two or three point game, but I just think that the Bengals are coming out fired up. This is you know, usually you're the AFC champion, the defending AFC champion. You're the one with the target on your back. But for this game, it feels like the Dolphins are the team with the target on the back because they're the only undefeated team in the AFC. And so uh, I just think that the Bengals are a well-rounded team, even though their record does not show that. They are one of just four teams in the NFL uh, that rank in the top 10 of both points, fewest points surrendered by the defense and most points scored by the offense uh, two of the other ones are the Eagles and Jacksonville, and I can't remember the fourth one off the top of my head. But so all the teams that are there are good. That's the bottom line. And so I think I like the Bengals. I liked it better on Sunday night when it was two and a half. I loved it at two and a half. Yeah. Now, I still like three and a half, but I don't love it. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm with you too. If, if this gets anything below three, I, I'm probably shifting and leaning a little bit more towards Cincinnati. I just like getting the field goal with the hook there. But I think you make a good point with kind of water potentially finding its level with these Dolphins because, yeah, they are pulling out these close games and, and you know, they're 3-0, they're and so you got to give them credit. But you do, you, if you dig a little bit deeper in that game against Buffalo, they were dominated Everywhere other than the scoreboard. I mean, like you said, 497 yards of total offense. The Buffalo Bills were 11 of 18 on third down. The Bills had 31 first downs in that game. They dominated time of possession. It's just things kind of just got away from them towards the tail end. So I guess maybe you give a little bit of credit for, for the Dolphins for clamping down in that in the final kind of second half there, I guess. But Ultimately, because I mean, really, it was only three points. I mean, I know they gave up the two, you know, five points with the safety, but that was more they're doing. I mean, it was just a, a butt punt more than anything else that 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 contributed to those points being put on the board. But I do think that there's something to be said for water finding its level a little bit with these Dolphins because they have been winning and coming out on the op- on the positive side of these super close games that feel like they could be a, a, basically a coin flip. But I'm going to watch it. You know, if this turns into, you know, minus two and a half or I mean for plus two and a half or minus two and a half for for Cincinnati, I think I lean more towards Cincinnati. But if you're giving me a field goal with a hook and two is ready to go here, I I do like what they're doing offensively. Yeah. And you know what? The Dolphins can also make a statement here because, look, we have everyone second guessing their wins like the Dolphins actually good because they just barely beat the Ravens. Well, they came back from 21 points. That's impressive. Well, they just barely beat the Bills. Well, they gave up 500 yards, but they still won. So it, it's weird to talk about the Dolphins. And I think that people, uh, especially I get a lot of tweets accusing me of hating the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins are going to win 10 games, 11 games. I think they're going to make the playoffs at this point. I think they look good. I am just saying you cannot live on the edge the whole season because eventually it bites you in the butt. It's Tyler talking about the water leveling. It's the law of averages. Everything equals out. You can't win all these games like this uh, without it taking its toll. So, who knows? Maybe the Dolphins make a statement win. Maybe they win a game by two touchdowns and silence everyone by going into Cincinnati and uh, making the White Tigers extinct. I, I still like the uniform. They win the uniform battle. Unless, unless the Dolphins come out with the throwbacks, I, I, I don't know how you can't like what, what Cincinnati's doing with those White, white Tiger unis. If the Dolphins came out with a throwback, it would go down as the best uniform game in the history of football. Oh, yeah. That's up there. The teal, you know. Oh, yeah. That is that is some good stuff there. But I'm loving it. I love it. They, they, they look mean, those uniforms for Cincinnati. I think it's, it's about time we get those. And unfortunately, the only way to see those uniforms is on Amazon Prime. Uh, so get your get your Prime subscription going so you can watch the game on Thursday. Although it will be on free over-the-air television in Cincinnati and Miami in the local markets. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the final game, which is might be my second favorite game of the week. I didn't even make this list. These games just show up. Billy's reading my mind. We're just on the same page. Billy, his second show ever, and we're just already on a mind melt here. This is insane. Uh, it is the Doug Peterson revenge game. We have Dougie P going back to Philly to face the Eagles with his suddenly resurgent and unstoppable-looking Jacksonville team. Tyler, what do you think about this game, man? It's weird because I don't want to overreact to either team. Like, I feel like either way I'm kind of like, okay, the, the Eagles are unbelievable. You know, I picked them to as, a, as the number one seed in the NFC going into the year, so I kind of feel like I have to continue to back that, especially now that they're 3-0. and But you also don't want to 
overreact too, too much to, you know, a nine sack performance against Carson Wentz last week, you know, unless they're just like, Hey, we're slaying all these dragons. We're taking down Carson Wentz. We'll take down Doug Peterson. We're just kind of going to mow down through all these guys, but I don't want to overreact too much to them, but I also don't want to overreact too much to what Jacksonville was able to do in Los Angeles last week, despite being a super impressive win. They absolutely blew out the chargers, but it was without Keenan Allen Joey Bosa gets hurt in that game. Obviously, we know what the situation is with Justin Herbert with his fractured ribs. So you almost have to give that a a grain of salt as well. I I think I lean Philadelphia here, especially with it minus six and a half. We're still getting it below the touchdown mark. So I feel a little bit more comfortable with that. But yeah, I guess there is that revenge narrative and the Jaguars are playing really well under Doug Peterson now. And they could be a sleeper team in the AFC South. But I just think Philadelphia, to me, is a legitimate NFC number one seed threat, as I thought in the preseason. I still think of that now. And you're laying six and a half at Lincoln Financial. It's a rowdy environment. I I think that that's a place that I'd feel comfortable laying those points. But, you know, who knows more about Lincoln Financial than anyone is Doug Peterson. I know. It's crazy. He's got a statue outside the stadium, Ty, where he knows exactly what's happening here. Uh, yeah, well, you know, we, you, you don't want to overreact to the chargers game, but what about the game before that? I mean, they won 24 to nothing against the, they have won two straight games, uh, by more than three touchdowns that I believe they are just the second team in NFL history to win multiple games in a row by 24 or more points in which they were an underdog in both games. Um, there was a lot to that stat. So I hope that made sense. Um, but I mean, too. I mean, you know, we're talking about the Philadelphia Eagles being three and zero. The Jaguars could be three and zero if it wasn't for Carson Wentz making a bunch of throws in that second half in Week One. So I mean, as weird as it sounds, you're talking about potentially two undefeated teams. I just find it fascinating to kind of see how. I guess both of these teams. I guess more Jacksonville could really prove themselves with a win here in this in this game. You know, Philadelphia. I think if they win. We're just going to continue to say that they're a you know a hot team in the NFC, poised to potentially be the top seed. Certainly, you know, possibly win that division as long as Dak Prescott continues to be out for for Dallas and all of that. But if Jack, if the Jacksonville goes into Philadelphia and wins outright, you're really talking about them as a legitimate you know playoff contender, AFC South division leader. You're starting to have those conversations, especially with Tennessee kind of faltering. Indianapolis got a win last week, but haven't been as impressive as we've seen thus far. If you're talking long-term odds, I mean, this could solidify a lot of things for Jacksonville. Yeah, and, you know, you mentioned that they could have could be undefeated. This was a, a Jacksonville team that was winning, was beating the Commanders in Week 1, 22-14 with 10 minutes left to play. And, you know... Going into the season, expectations weren't high for Jacksonville, and that was the game where you're, you're still kind of feeling out your new offense, your new coach. You're kind of working out some wrinkles, um, and apparently they worked them out quite quickly uh, because now they have just rolled in their past two games. And so I, this is just an interesting matchup to me uh, because Jacksonville has just looked so good on offense. I mean, obviously their defense is playing well because they've only given up 10 points in the past two weeks, uh, but they're just shutting down the run. We know the Eagles love to run, and I think this will be one of those games where Dougie P is going to say, you know what, I'm going to make Jalen Hurts beat me. I know he's played really well this season. 
I'm not going to let him run around in the pocket and scramble for 60 yards. I'm going to make him only beat me with his arm. Let's see if he can do that. And, you know, based on what Jalen Hurts has done so far, he might be able to do that. Uh, But, you know, Doug Peterson has to feel good going in there with the talent he has. And so, long story short, or did I just make a short story long? I'm not sure. Uh, I am grabbing Jacksonville here. I mean, six and a half points for a team that has just been rolling. We have to agree to disagree, Tyler. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. It's it's a tough one because... You know, we're going to look back. We could look back at this game three weeks from now. And if Jack, if Jacksonville all of a sudden wins this game and they just turn out to be this like legitimate surprise force and really Urban Meyer was the problem all along. And they're actually, you know, are that team, Trevor Lawrence is that number one caliber generational type quarterback. You're looking back at that and saying, yeah, you're getting, you were getting six and a half. Of course you were. Of course you're going to take that. So in the same thing with Philadelphia, you know, if all of a sudden they're dominant again, they sack Trevor Lawrence. 10 times in this game like they did Carson Wentz last week. You're like, all right, this team's legit. You know, it, it's both of these teams are going to be in a very favorable spot at the end of the year, I think. I think both of them are set up for success. Absolutely. Philadelphia also has a small chance of rain. Not small, it's about 40%. And so that's something that could impact the over-under, but it's under 50. It's at 48 right now, so... I have my final score prediction is 27-24. So I guess that means I'm taking the over, Tyler. And the over is 5-1 and one in the Eagles' last six home games. Ooh, that's a fun fact. That is a fun fact. Here is another fun fact. It's time for a break. Uh, so we're going to take one right now. When we get back, we will talk MVP odds and Super Bowl odds. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. And welcome back. You know, someone asked in the chat last night, night Tyler, uh, Brenton, why do you look so dumb when you take these breaks and you don't, and there's no break? Well, the thing is, if you're watching on YouTube, there's no break because the show's live. But if you're listening on uh, the audio version, there is a break in there thanks to our very skilled producers. And so if you're subscribed to the YouTube channel, you're getting the uncut version of the Pick 6 podcast. That's Not only do you get to see us, you get to see our awkward two-second little pause, which is very exciting. Tuesdays with Tyler uncut. <laughs> Everybody, show up. All right. We are now here to talk about some MVP candidates. Uh, Lamar Jackson has been going off this season, but he is not the favorite right now. Uh, let's take a look at the top six favorites. We'll start with the top two and then 
we'll go two by two here. So right now, the two favorites are, you know what? You know what? We're not even going to do that. I'm just going to ask you out of this list of top six, who would you put your money on right now? We have Josh Allen uh, plus 300, Patrick Mahomes plus 550, Jalen Hurts plus 700, Lamar Jackson plus 700. You got him up there right now. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa at plus fourteen hundred, Justin Herbert at plus sixteen hundred. I mean, I don't know how. You go off the list too if you want. If you got the yeah, list, in front yeah. Of you. I mean, I mean, sure. Let's 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 go down the list. Let's go with uh, no. I'm only kidding. They're not going to go with Jared Goff. I think that I don't know how you don't go with Lamar Jackson here. I mean, he's just absolutely a video game player right now. You know, I watched him pretty intently last week. I've watched him the last couple of weeks, but. He had every answer that the Patriots and Bill Belichick were throwing at him defensively. Whenever they were even, when it felt like they had a perfect scheme to sack him or take him down, all of a sudden he's scrambling, he's down the field for 40 yards. And a lot of it, too, wasn't even just scrambling and gaining those yards rushing, over 100 yards rushing in that game. There were some design runs in there that were just, world beaters you couldn't do anything about it you tip your cap and you're like all right this dude's just amazing and then on on top of it he's throwing unbelievable throws to mark andrews for a couple of touchdowns in the first half he has an unbelievable corner end zone throw to duvernay that basically was only where he could do it he also had a money throw to richard bateman that would have went for a touchdown had it just been a smidge like a fingernail closer to his hands that would have been a huge throw for him in that game, he's just locked in. He's a dude that obviously the narrative's there. He wants to get paid. He wants that new contract, and he's playing like it. And if all of a sudden he adds a second MVP to his resume and the Ravens are a number one seed or you know winning the AFC North, he's setting himself up for a just an unbelievable payday. And so with that type of motivation, obviously all these quarterbacks want to win. Like it's not, you know, that's, that's nothing new here, but when you're talking about these players in contract years, there's always that little extra boost. And Jackson is certainly playing like a guy that wants to get paid. I don't think that's going to let up anytime soon. And the Ravens have a pretty easy schedule. If I, if I remember correctly, I'm going to pull it up. But for me, he's my clear cut pick right now. I don't know how you, you fade him in this spot, especially at seven to one still. I think that that's great odds. Yeah, it is crazy that he's been putting up these huge video game numbers, as you mentioned, and his his odds, you know, he's not close to Josh Allen now, who is the favorite in terms of odds. And yeah, like you said, the Ravens, after they play uh, the Bills and Bengals over the next two weeks, they get the Giants, the Browns, uh, a Thursday game against Tampa, but then the back end of their schedule, they get the Panthers, they still have games against the Falcons. So, yeah, Lamar definitely has a chance to put up some impressive numbers. I think the crazy thing about him is that he literally leads the NFL in touchdown passes with 10. He's got two rushing touchdowns, so he has 12 total. He has more total touchdowns by himself than 30 of the NFL's 32 teams. You want to add to that? Yeah, and I'm just saying, Andy's playing behind uh, an offensive line that has, I think it's a third or fourth string left tackle right now with Ronnie Stanley out. So you put all those numbers in, into perspective. He's also doing it behind an inferior without his all pro left tackle and Ronnie Stanley. And then on top of that, he is also tied as the NFL's fifth leading rusher. I mean, how many times can you uh, take a long shot bet on a quarterback leading the NFL in rushing and not feel completely stupid about it? You can literally bet on Lamar Jackson to lead the NFL in rushing. He is plus 5,000 currently tied uh, with Christian McCaffrey as the NFL's fifth 
leading rusher. And you look at other names on this list besides Lamar, because, you know, what if he happens, if, if he can't stay this hot? Jalen Hurts has obviously been awesome. I wouldn't feel too comfortable with Justin Herbert right now uh, with his rib injury messing things up. So probably wouldn't think about him. But Aaron Rodgers, you know, I, I will say this about Aaron Rodgers. I went up and looked at where his odds were at this exact point last season. Uh, and he had the ninth best odds. He was plus 1,600 uh, going into week four last season. So it seemed like a total long shot. The favorites at that point were uh, Mahomes, Brady, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, all ahead of Lamar Jackson, all ahead of Rodgers, and he ended up winning it. So it is kind of hard to judge these things this early because someone could come out of nowhere, but it does really feel like that Lamar, Jalen, and Josh Allen have kind of set themselves away from everyone else. And what's crazy, I was just looking it up too, because we obviously, you know, we write a million of these like prediction pieces going into the year. And I, I did one, I pulled everybody and we're, you know, just looking at what the odds were. I was looking to see what Jackson's was. And as of, what was it? September 2nd, he was 20 to one to win the MVP. So if you're sitting on that ticket going into the year, I mean, you are just feeling fantastic about where you are. But if you want to talk about maybe somebody coming out of the woodwork and just like, uh, you know, who is, you know, who is hot, you know, did we really see this coming? And if you want to look at value, yeah, you could maybe do Tua Tungavillo 14 to 1. I don't really like that one because I do think, as we were talking earlier, at some point things are going to kind of find its level there. And I'm certainly not going to take him at those odds. I don't think that they're pretty strong. What about Trevor Lawrence? Oh, I was going to say Trevor Lawrence. 50 to 1? I mean, if all of a sudden, like, let's play it out like we were talking earlier. If they go into Philadelphia and win, or at least keep it close in cover, and they continue this momentum that they have with Doug Peterson, who, again, coach of the year candidate is, you know, was someone who I was hot on going into the year and still should be. I don't even know if those odds are even available still, you know, on Caesars. But you can well, I feel bad giving all the love to the Jags on this episode since that was literally Brinson's. He he was he's been riding the they're gonna win the AFC South train since early July. And here we are uh still talking about him through weeks. And if they do win the AFC South and Lawrence puts up the numbers and looks like the guy that we saw last week in Los Angeles, he's gonna have a, a resume. He's gonna have a case. Which, which again, right now, 50 to 1. I, I, I feel like I'm playing that. Is it 51? Excuse me. Yeah, no, it is 50 to it, 1. It, yeah. 50 to 1. I mean, that one, I don't know why you don't sprinkle a little something on there right now because the tides could very easily swing. It's only week four, and he's looked the part so far. I mean, we just talked about it. They could be 3-0. and up. And as much as Doug Peterson's going to get a lot of credit to that, you're going to look at Trevor Lawrence and say, all right, he's number one pick. He's the generational type of prospect that we were billing him as coming into the league. If he starts to scratch that surface of his potential down the stretch run and Jacksonville is kind of frisky. I, I think he's going to get some consideration. Um, let's see. And we got, we got everyone. Uh, we're having a big debate in the comment section about Cooper rushes MVP odds uh, with <laughs> rush coming out of nowhere. Clearly should be the MVP favorite. I don't know where these odds came from. He's won two games in a row. He's never lost a game in his career. How is this guy? Not the favorite. Uh, he's going to keep winning. See if I can find him, he's going to out Dak. Dak. Dak took Tony Romo's job. Now Cooper's going to take uh, Dak Prescott's job. You know what? Cooper Rush doesn't even have the best 
MVP odds of someone named Cooper because Cooper Cup has better MVP odds. And I think Amari Cooper does too. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to see if I can find him. So he is way down there. But the thing I love about the Trevor Lawrence one is that if you actually think Jacksonville can win the division, and it feels like they absolutely have a shot, if this team goes 11 and 6, Trevor Lawrence is going to get votes. And so if let's say he has similar stats to Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, I think voters would go with Trevor Lawrence for turning a team around that has been so bad, kind of the pity vote, if you will, uh, except that with similar stats, it's not really pity. It's just, hey, let's get some new blood. Let's give it to someone else. And yeah, so I think 50 to one is fantastic there. I also think uh, as the Bengals homer, I am obligated to point out that Joe Burrow sitting there at 25 to one. Very interesting. Uh, like I'm looking at Matthew Stafford, 30 to one. Like, let's just say I have a hundred bucks to throw down on a future kind of long shot dart. Am I going to put it on Matthew Stafford? Or am I going to put it on Trevor Lawrence at 50 to one? I'm putting it on Lawrence. Absolutely. I, I don't, I, mean, I, I would put it on Lawrence. Lawrence is closer to Russell Wilson's MVP odds. at 60 to one than he is at Matthew Stafford's. And I think he's heads and shoulders above both of those guys. Well, the thing is, and you look at all the guys ahead of Lawrence, I, Tom Brady's plus 3,000. I w- if I had $100 and to pick Lawrence or Brady, I'm putting the money on Lawrence. Lawrence or Stafford? Lawrence. You just yeah. said that. Lawrence or Burrow? Probably Lawrence just because I'm getting double the odds. Burrow's plus 2,500. Right. Lawrence value. is plus 5,000. Uh, Lawrence or Herbert? Lawrence, easy, right? Yeah. yeah. Lawrence or Ro- Aaron Rodgers? I'm, I'm putting Lawrence. Again, value is a factor, but even still... I mean, I, you know, I mean, I, I I don't know if I want to go this far, but go go. We're we're going as far as we can. Brinson's not here to rein us in. Like, I would feel better. Like, I would, I would bet Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, and Josh Allen. If you all of a sudden put Patrick Mahomes and Trevor Lawrence, and you know, again, value is part of this. I I don't know if I'm if I'm really leaning towards Patrick Mahomes there. I think I'm going Lawrence. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't disagree. And here's here's the even crazier part. We've been talking about Trevor Lawrence's odds are plus 5,000 or 50 to 1. Here is who he has the same odds as, and you would never bet these other two guys. Kirk Cousins is also at plus 5,000. Kyler Murray is also at plus 5,000. Derek Carr also at plus 5,000. Those are the four guys at plus 5,000. It is a no-brainer. There is no way you would bet any of those three guys over Trevor Lawrence. It's insane. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, you know, Mahomes, if he able, is able to keep up what, I mean, I'm looking at his stats now just to kind of, you know, make sure I'm, I'm level-headed on it. But, you know, if he continues to play the way he's playing with the cast of characters and if they're able to win that tough division in the AFC West, he'll certainly get consideration. But I'm talking about value. I don't think that I think that those odds are a little screwed up for Trevor Lawrence. And maybe we're a little bit too high and too reactionary off of that win in Los Angeles, but they've looked good so far. And if this if they just play well in Philadelphia, I'm not saying they have to win, but if they keep things close and he continues on the track and they win that division, yeah, there's gonna be a conversation that he's an MVP candidate. All right. Let's move on from the MVP talk and go to our final topic of the day, Super Bowl favorites we are heading into week three there are two undefeated teams and neither of them are listed as one of the top three favorites we've got the bills up top at plus 450 if you're 
watching on YouTube, you can see this. If you are listening on audio, you cannot see this. The Chiefs are second at plus 800. The Buccaneers third at plus 900. Tied with the Eagles, who are also plus 900. Then the Packers round out the top five uh, at plus 1,000 or 10 to 1 odds. What do you see there? What catches your eye? Any long shots you like? My, my dream Super Bowl matchup, and, and I've said this a bunch of places. I've texted it with my friends. If the Buffalo Bills and the Philadelphia Eagles meet in the desert, it's going to be like Mad Max. The, the Eagles fans and Bills Mafia in Glendale is going to be the funnest craziest super bowl i mean I, I think the nfl might have to shut down if that happens just because of the the absolute madness that would go down I, that, that's what i'm rooting for well that's the perfect state to have it because arizona state's a party school university of arizona the the, the, the eagles and bills fans would be on campus just drinking all the alcohol and then uh, all right partying all week I, I mean did you see the video of fort lauderdale the fort lauderdale strip of all right there the elbow room all of bill's mafia just taking over the, the beach last week in Miami or in Fort Lauderdale. If all of a sudden, you know, that was for a week three game down in Miami. If all of a sudden you're talking about a Super Bowl, it, it's going to be the entire, you know, upstate New York, all of Buffalo in <laughs> descending onto the desert. And Philadelphia fans are right there too. So I just think that'd be awesome to watch. And Philadelphia, nine to one, you know, Buffalo, it's a favorite. It's always tough to, you know, just go chalk with, you know, at four, plus 450. Philadelphia, I mean, you know, talking about going chalk, they have the second best or tied for the best odds in the NFC to win the Super Bowl this year. But I do like them at nine to one. If we're looking at long shots, I, I would still, and it, it depends on how we qualify long shot, but if we're going to look at someone who's, I would say, you know, 20 to 20 to 20 to one or better, or, you know, whatever, however you want to quantify that, maybe the San Francisco 49ers. 25 to 1. I know it was kind of a slog last week against Denver, but I feel like those any team that plays Denver kind of just gets dragged down to their level and for some reason can't do anything offensively. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get better with this offense. You got to remember, he didn't like have a playbook all summer, let alone practice with the team as they were trying to figure out his future with the team. I think that as they start to get a little bit better or a little bit more uh, chemistry, I think that that gets a little bit better. So 25 to 1. Would be a little bit interesting. I'm going to leave the Bengals for you at 30 to 1. I'll let you hit that later. But I think that that's probably where I'm at. It's a little bit of a weird subject, but I think the Cleveland Browns at 50 to 1 is one to pay attention to because that division is still kind of. Tyler, don't get crazy. It's still in a kind of a state this of crazy. Flux. You got to end the podcast. You can't be this crazy. I, I mean, we're getting crazy. Why not? We're, we're a bunch of 50 to 1s. But I'm just saying, you know, the Cleveland Browns. You know, they're above 500. If they're able to stay afloat until Deshaun Watson gets back, obviously on the football field, a clear upgrade, one of the more talented quarterbacks in the NFL. If they're able to sneak in, you know, they have the defense, they have the 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 the, the stars offensively, especially on the ground, to really make an impact, which wins playoff football. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, running the football and playing strong defense, that will win you games in December, January, and possibly even February. So I'm not going to say that they're going to maybe win the Super Bowl, but you know that that one I would if they continue to stay around 500, that's one that you maybe kind of sprinkle something on for. All right, what happens when Deshaun Watson comes back? How much does he improve that team? But also, what about the ones who've been talking about the whole podcast? <laughs> Jacksonville at 60 to one plus six thousand. I don't. I don't know if I want to go that. I mean, if that happens, we're talking. We're cashing on Trevor Lawrence MVP. We're cashing on. Doug Peterson, coach of the year. And you're, I mean, you're retiring. That's what's I happening. Mean, I, it's basically it. I guess I, 
I mean, sorry, CBS. I love doing it for you, but man, I, I, I'm sitting on you know more money than I would if I had Bitcoin. This would be so, like uh, when Biff Tannen and Back to the Future Two made his whole fortune <laughs> from gambling. This, that's Tyler Sullivan. Yeah, I, I got to call him an Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, for me, it's uh, you know, if we're talking more realistic, Philadelphia for me looks like a really fun play. I think it's going to be a good team to watch all year. Nine to one right now. It's not the best, but for me, that that team, and then you know, if we're if you're going a little bit further down, Baltimore's another one, fourteen to one. If Lamar continues on this pace, yeah, and then I will say, looking at last year's odds after three weeks, the Rams, who ended up winning, had the third best Super Bowl odds at plus eight hundred. The Bengals, who got to the Super Bowl. We're nowhere near the top. And this is why you talk about, is there a dark horse I should grab? After three weeks, the Bengals were plus 12,500. You could still get 125 to one odds on the Bengals last season after three weeks. And so that's where you look at, hey, is the AFC so wide open that a team could sneak in there? And that's why talking about the Browns or talking about Jacksonville isn't crazy. The Bengals at 30 to one is interesting. And I will throw it out because I am obligated to, because they were my preseason Super Bowl pick, the Denver Broncos are 22 to 1. Am I happy with my pick right now? I'm not thrilled, but they're 2 and 1. They're tied for first place, and I don't think the offense can get any worse. And so if it slowly gets better every week and they keep winning games uh, 12 to 11 and 13 to 12 and 14 to 10, that's fine. Those are all wins. They count the same. Uh, and like Tyler said, once you get to the playoffs, you have a good running game. Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, a good defense. They clearly have that because they're winning games, even though their offense can't score. You can win in the playoffs. Well, so. well let's, let's play the Cincinnati 2023 game. Out of these two teams that are plus 12,500, who do you think would is more likely to reach the Super Bowl? There's one in the NFC. There's one in the AFC. The Detroit Lions or the Pittsburgh Steelers? They're Ooh. the only two teams with those same exact odds that the Cincinnati Bengals had last year before they went on a Super Bowl run. So it's the De- uh, Detroit Lions in the NFC or the Pittsburgh Steelers. I am most likely go with the Lions because I don't think the Steelers can get to the playoffs. I think the AFC is too stacked. Uh, it's just too tough. And the Lions just have the pluckiness that the Bengals had last year with their offense scores points and Sometimes that's enough. I mean, they're the second highest scoring team in the NFL. It's something incredibly high. They've scored. uh, They just keep scoring. And so, you know, eventually they'll start closing out and winning these close games that they, you know, the Vikings game, they probably should have won. uh, Probably should be two and one, but they are not. So I'm going to go with the Lions. I think the plucky Lions, I'm going to stick with the cat theme too. The Bengals did it last year. The Lions are due. Ooh, I like that. How you feel? I mean, which one do you like? I'm with you. I'm with the Lions too. I mean, they have just been so – they play so hard under Dan Campbell. And so, you know, I mean, you look at dating back to last year, 14-6 and six against the spread. I mean, they are, and that's the second-best odds – you know, the second-best ATS record, you know, in the NFL since then. I think it's only uh, it's only Dallas that has a better record than them. They're above Green Bay, above Miami, above Cincinnati. All those teams in terms of, you know, a better cover percentage, they just keep these games tight. And it always feels like they're on the losing end of it. So, I mean, like we're talking about, if water finds its level with the Lions, well, then they're going to stack up a bunch of wins. The only thing that I'll say about Pittsburgh is if you get T.J. Watt back and he continues to be a defensive player of the year type of guy and he continues to take your defense to a level that's one of the best in the NFL 
And I mean, we all know this an elite pass rush can derail a Josh Allen, a Patrick Mahomes, a Lamar Jackson. So it might be tough in the AFC, but they do have the personnel to combat those quarterbacks or at least limit them a little bit. And then the wild card for Pittsburgh is if all of a sudden they switch it up and go to Kenny Pickett and he's awesome. Well, then you might be going on a kind of a crazy run there with a young quarterback. I know it's obviously super foreign for a rookie, let alone, you know, week one starting rookie, as opposed to uh, insert in the middle of the season rookie to take your team super far. But even if he's average and gets the ball into the skill position player's hands, this offense can put up points. Although I will uh, pour a little cold water on that fun explanation. No rookie quarterback has ever led their yeah. team to the Super Bowl. It's just, it's so tough to do. We all want to see Kenny in there though, don't we? Yeah. I think it's happening at some point, right? I or, mean, you know. I mean, it sounds like all the offense players in Pittsburgh are just blaming uh, Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator. That's, that's so, also true. Who knows what's going to happen with them. Uh, but yep, yeah, we're both, all, could you even imagine the Lions in the Super Bowl? I don't think fans in Detroit would even know what to do. They would think like they were being punked by the NFL. Is yes. this real? Like, where's Ashton? This is no way this is happening. The Lions are not in the Super Bowl. This is not real. Rihanna just comes out at halftime and says, psych. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is not a real game. Uh, this is a preseason game. Uh, well, all right. Of course, we would end with Lions Super Bowl talk because how else could we end Tuesdays with Tyler uh, for Tyler Sullivan? I am John Breach. I think Brinson will be back tomorrow, but don't hold me to that because I don't have a schedule. I cannot keep track of Brinson. No one can. Uh, but someone will see you guys tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.